Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, a senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Yeah, good morning, everybody. Wow, what a great day to be serving the Lord. Come on, what a great day to be serving the Lord. What a great day to be alive. And what a great day to be a part of Global Heart Church because I love what Amber just shared, like uh, the Montreal merging into the Global Heart family. It's a divine, it's a divine thing, it's supernatural. If you've not been around supernatural before, you are now. And uh, it is a supernatural connection, which also exactly what you said, Amber, I experienced too as we were making the decision. I was like, wow, these people are meant to be a part of the Global Heart family, which is, it's just, it's an unusual thing when, you know, God's hand is on this, you know. So uh, very excited about that. Everybody, um, oh, did I just lose? Oh, I lost, oh no, she's there. I can't lose my new compassion daughter, right? So Sue and I have a new compassion daughter. Her name is Benita. She's been waiting 220 days to be sponsored. And uh, we just sponsored her. Her parents earn $6 a week. A week. And they grow three vegetables in a rural part right up near the border in Rwanda. Everybody, everyone who's sponsored, I just want to say on behalf of Sue and I how proud we are of you, how much we appreciate you. Thank you for your genuine hearts, your hearts to fulfill what the Bible says, James 1.27. True Christianity is, look, is to look after orphans and widows in their distress. So I thank everybody who sponsored a child last week and everybody who added to your family and everybody who sponsors children outside of Rwanda. We appreciate you. We are so grateful for you. And I can tell you that from the last service, we are now sponsoring In Compassion, Majority is in Rwanda, but I know some people are sponsoring other places as well. Thank God for you. We're now sponsoring 1,282 children. Wow. Wow. Come on, everybody. Let's give the Lord a great hand. 1,282. Oh, my gosh. So basically, we're 18 from 1,300. No pressure. But somebody needs 18 children in Rwanda. Whoever needs 18 children, they're waiting for you. But isn't that fantastic, everybody? One, we're nearly 1,300 children. Uh, so in, you know, we are breaking the tape right there for God. And you are also, as you heard already from Steve Scrimger last week, everybody, you're already inspiring churches around Australia. And uh, now I've had an invitation on your behalf, on your behalf, hello, your behalf, to go and help uh, Queensland's largest church break through 1,000 children in sponsorship. So, but they've asked me to go because of what Global Heart Church is doing, not because of what I'm doing, what we're doing. And so everybody, I just thank you and appreciate you so much. And together we are helping rescue a lot of children from poverty, giving them hope and love, letting them know the middle of difficulty, especially after the pandemic. Everybody, now poverty is worse than ever. It's worse than ever due to the pandemic. And you're letting people know and you're letting the children know somebody cares and somebody loves you um, across the water. And uh, together, we don't know the opportunity that's coming to that, that child's life. Uh, but Sue and I, as you guys know, raising and supporting Justin uh, from six years old. And now what a great man of God who is working for our church in Zambia. And what a miracle, miracle, miracle. So you don't know what you're doing. You don't know the opportunity in the doorway, the connections that you are bringing for that child. But I tell you, it's great. But 1,282 children. Give the Lord a great hand, everybody. That's fantastic. Well done, well done. 
And uh, I do like an even number. So your 18 children are waiting for you. Amen, in Jesus' Name. Be seated, everybody. Appreciate you so much. That's just fantastic. Worship team, thank you. And who loves singing how great they are this morning? Thank you so much. Thank all the team, everybody. Well, first time here, uh, well, Friday night was his first time, but he's here again this morning. And uh, I thought it'd be really nice for everybody in the service to briefly meet uh, our par- one of our pastors from Germany, uh, Pastor Vincent Klein. He's a great man of God. We love his heart and spirit. And uh, we've seen him, but due to the pandemic, I haven't seen him for a couple of years now, but he's actually here and he's gonna be here for Rising Stand as well. Vincent, come and join me on the stage. Give Vincent Klein from Global Heart Church, Germany, a big welcome. Just grab a seat with me. You can be seated, everybody. So good to have you here. Thank you and for people... having me over. It's awesome. <laughs> and uh, people have seen you, I think, especially at the prayer meetings. We had you in the prayer meetings praying and different things, but, and also watching you online preaching. You're a great preacher too. So uh, as Pastor Luke said, travel service, you might want to just grab a bit of a bite for lunch and come back and hear Vincent this afternoon. I think you'd be very blessed to hear him. So just tell us a little bit about yourself, Vincent. You joined our church. I met you then. And uh, you can since then come on staff with us, become a pastor with us. And uh, I really believe in you. And I really believe God's hands on your life and uh, on your lovely wife's life as well. But tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your lovely wife and your kids. So just give us a quick overview there. Yeah, my pleasure. So good to be here. I'm nearly 37 years of age. I was born and raised in Germany, but it's so great to be part of a global church now. I'm married to Esther, and we got four children, three daughters and one boy. He's, he tur- just turned two last month. So I, I say they are a whole, whole lot of fun and a whole lot of work at the same time. But we are really blessed. And we've been living in Hamburg for five years and we're so grateful to be part of Global Heart now. How is that? What is it like being part of the church now? Because you, you haven't really been seeing us because we haven't been able to together, but we've been connecting and all these kind of things. So how's that been for you? Like Pastor Amber said with, with Montreal, this is what happened with me. So it is family. And that's not just... I just, I'm not just saying this, but that's how it is. That's how it feels. So that's just, just great. We've connected very well with Pastor Matthias and Nicole in Hamburg and with the church. And of course, with you guys, but now being here is amazing. And it really feels like home. We're so glad, we're so glad. We're so glad. How was the church, being in church first time on Friday night, how was that? It was you? great. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, I, was, I was blown away. I was expecting this because I, I do know our culture. It's nothing new to me. But it was great to be in there and actually to be part of this, now experiencing this. So yeah, it was great. I loved it. So good, mate. How did you guys go? We were really feeling for you and uh, everybody here, you know, uh, Perth, even though you couldn't leave ever in your life or return mm. ever. I had to fill out 700 G, what are they? What were they? G2Gs. And even then I got knocked back <laughs> in Adelaide. Your pass has been cancelled. Anyway, but uh, we weren't able to leave, but we weren't in lockdown. So you guys in Germany, you had like such a long lockdown, couldn't have church for such a long time. How did you go navigating that? It was strange. So quite tough to handle this because on one point we were just forced to do it all online and 
to have church in our living rooms and in our homes. So that was a complete change. And yeah, that's what we've done. But um, it was, in a, in a way, it was really great because now we, we experienced and it gives us some authority now to address those who are watching online and people do because we've sat there and we've received the word. We really prayed for one another, just did it online and stuff. But now we can go like, hey, we really believe God is w moving in your life and you're going to receive even yeah. though you're watching today. So that's really a great experience and a great outcome of this, even though it was a challenging time. Great, man. I like your attitude with it. Well done. <laughs> well done. What a great attitude, hey? <laughs> so thanks, mate. Hey, and what breakthroughs you guys are, you're seeing some good breakthroughs at the moment. What sort of things are you seeing at the minute? And also, what do we need to, as a church family, be praying for uh, our family in Germany? Yeah, we've done some, some projects in the community, but I really feel and would be great to have an open door and do something like ongoing during the week to serve the community because we're in a great community and this is um, an area where which is quite new. So it's like five, 10, 15 years old and they're still building new blocks and houses. So many people living there, so many families as well. So it would be great to, to find a way to serve of the community and as well we're going into new season with building so we need a lot of favor many changes ahead we need good leaders more leaders so many things we actually need but we totally believe that God is with us and he will build on what he's already done so good so good mate You guys have favor with buildings too. Oh my gosh, I got appointments we with uh, Pastor Matthias and Nicole. And you guys with favor, like people just, oh, we want to help you have a building. Mm -hmm. We want to give you the best building in Hamburg. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, me in London, like, it was like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, can you lay hands on me? Anyway, <laughs> I need the building anointing. But that's so good, mate. So we're really going to pray for that and continue to pray. Great. Your blessing. Mm. We're blessed to have you here. And uh, we're looking forward to hearing you uh, also next week. Got you in the service, got your rise and stand. So we're really looking forward to it, mate. But really great to have you part of the, f the family, but also great to have you as part of our pastoral team. So thank you so welcome. much. My, my pleasure. Great, mate. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Come on, give Vincent a big hand, everybody. Wow. How exciting to be about be a part of something global that is actually having a you know like an impact that helps people. You need, we don't care about having an impact. Oh yeah, we have a church. We don't care about that. What we care about is are we there helping people? Are we there seeing people getting saved? Are we helping people? We want it to, we want individuals to feel the impact of Global Heart Church, not, hey, we have a church there and that's exciting. No, no, no. It's we have a church there. What are we doing with that church that's helping? young people, uh, older people, you know, in Jesus' name. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Just stand up, everybody. I want to just pray over you for a minute and, uh, and uh, pray a blessing over you and pray for the person who has 18 children they need to sponsor. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Let me pray for you, everybody. So grateful for our church, so grateful for everybody and uh, so grateful for what God is doing in our hearts and lives, but also through our Global Heart family. So let's just pray together. Father, thanks for everybody today. Just pray, Lord, for your anointing on everybody. I pray, Father, open everybody's hearts and eyes, Lord, again. Lord, open our hearts and eyes today afresh. And Father, I just pray as we come around your Word, Lord, just speak to everybody. And Lord, uh, I just pray, Father, for anybody who doesn't know you, let today be the day they come to know you. I pray, let anybody who's away from you, Lord, just let them come home. 
Father, thank you that your arms are open wide and Father, that they might return to you today and be saved in the name of Jesus. Father, I just pray, Lord, for everybody's uh, job, if they have a business, whether they're studying, Father, be with them now. Lord, let them know that you're with them. Touch them, Father. Speak to them, help them. Show them what's priority, Lord, according to you. And Father, as they attain, uh, uh, attain, uh, attend to your priorities, Lord, Father, I pray that you'll work on their behalf. Father, I pray let everybody be blessed. I pray anybody who's sick, let them be healed in the name of Jesus. Father, let people be healed right now. If that's you, just put your hand on your chest. Father, let that person, people be healed right now. Lord, we curse all sickness. We don't agree with it. We don't receive it. We don't accept it. We, Father, Your Word says, by Your stripes, we were healed. So Father, we just pray healing and wholeness in Your people and let there be miracles, Father. Holy Spirit, speak to us. And I pray, ever let every person get into Your great kingdom purpose, God. And Father, as they do in Your house and out of Your house, I pray, Lord, that we will have a fulfilled generation that, Lord, the enemy cannot rip off because we are walking full of purpose in Your plan daily, daily, daily. I pray it now, Father. And thank You, Lord, for everybody's faithful love, Lord, to serve the children of Rwanda. Bless them, Lord, for that now. In Jesus' Name, Amen, Amen. Let's give the Lord another hand, everybody. Give the Lord another hand. So good. Just high-five somebody, elbow somebody, whatever, and grab your seat. So good. Well, I've been talking this year on something that's so important and it's becoming increasingly important, which is that uh, God has called every, every Christian to be in their kingdom purpose. And the more I talk to pastors around the world, different people, I'm discovering uh, that a lot of people have no understanding to the fact that God never called us to attend a building or attend a church. But God never called you to attend a church or attend a building. He called you to become the church. And, uh, and as I'm talking to, I realised, you know, that churches around the world are losing some of the younger people, the young adults. And they're like, why is that happening? And it's because many times uh, pastors are happy with people having attendance at a church. They're like excited, they're attending and they're tithing. The only problem with that is that's not God's goal, that's their goal. And our goal is not to have, you know, you need to be in church because it's the body of Christ. And that's where you get, built up, equipped, encouraged, and we're empowered through fellowship. Iron sharpens iron, the Bible says. But our goal is not that. Our goal is to help you get into your kingdom purpose. It's to see you get into your purpose in the house of God and then for you to get into your purpose out of the house of God. Did you get that? It's for you to get into your kingdom purpose in the house of God or out of the house of God. And when the Bible talks about we're a body, you need to realise that if you take no action and there's nothing that you're involved in in God's house, this is what you're doing to the, to the church. The, the Bible says, it makes the analogy of the human body to the church. This is what you are part of doing. This is the church. If you do nothing. And that's awkward. <laughs> and difficult. <laughs> We're not going anywhere. And a lot of churches are not going anywhere. And a lot of Christians are not going anywhere. And people who, some of you are going to church right now, your children and grandchildren will not go anywhere because you never did. So if we're not moving and you're not moving, this is the house of God in churches around the world. And everybody is excited in the building, (laughs) you know, internally usually, but they're excited. But there's no, the church is not going anywhere. 
But the moment you start operating in your kingdom purpose in God's house. Some, and I know some of you guys are business guys. You haven't got a lot of time to be operating in the house of God. But if you go, I know that I'm called to make finances, to build God's house, and you do it with a holy calling, then God is good with that. And I know some people can't give all the time in the world because of different reasons. And you know, when sometimes people say to me, Pastor Jared, I'm busy. I'm like, what am I? <laughs> You know, now how many got five or six campuses, involved in Rwanda deeply and more things. I'm a busy person, but I'm functioning. And I don't use that, right? So, but you gotta realise, right? If you're not moving, the body's not moving. If you're not serving, we're not going. And here's the church. And then people complain because the church isn't doing anything. Rather than like, no. And so the Bible says, you know, some of us are fingers, some of us are hands, some of us are elbows, some of us are eyes, some of us are heads. We're all got different parts in the body, right? But you just think about your body. Have you ever, you know, when you just sit down and you don't move for a while and then you get up, your legs are numb, you can hardly walk, you know, like, you know, or you just stay in a certain position for a long time, it's numb. There's no blood flow. That's a bit like the church. So God says, come into my house and depending on your age, your maturity, your gifts and talents, your spiritual understanding, your ability to serve, to be a team player. God says all these things I will use and, but also depending on where you're at with those things, God says, I'll get you to do that in 2022. I'll get you to do that in 2023. i get you to do that in 2024. But it doesn't matter who you are. I don't care how busy you are, but if you haven't got that understanding that you have a kingdom purpose attached to the house, you are making us stay like this. And your children, and your, this is your children and grandchildren with God's purpose. They're not moving. They're not moving because you're not moving. And, it's, and number one, it's because of example. And then later, we're trying to get your kids and grandkids going, come on, get into your kingdom purpose. And grandma and grandpa went to church. Sometimes pastoral teams are working, <laughs> trying to work with the grandkids because the grandparents never did. I got, a, I got three grandchildren. Did you know that? <laughs> Did you know I have a granddaughter? <laughs> Woo, she's up and running. But Sue and I need to not sit down now. We need to get up and make sure that Lara has got some grandparents that hey, are moving, that get her moving <laughs> into her destiny. So everybody, we need you. And, that's, and he, the thing is, it's for your fulfilment. When you, get into, when you get moving in kingdom purpose in a, with a heart of team, a team player, you will end up in freedom, in fulfilment, and fulfilment leads to faith. Many times you meet people and they've got no faith because the kingdom purpose, when you move, you start getting free. It starts freeing up all areas of your life. It's amazing. Things, some things that I just would never been able to overcome, I overcame as I started fulfilling a kingdom purpose in the house of God when I was at the end of my teen years got going, suddenly things were breaking off and God was at work. Then it brings fulfilment. And then it brings, after you've walked through that, you get faith. Maybe I could do this. Maybe God could do that. And then once again, once again, ask the question. Christians around the world are the funniest people. (laughs) How do I know? Because I've been working with you for 41 years. Christians are so funny. We are the least question-asking people on the planet. It's like, how do you get into destiny? How do you get into calling? How do you, I'm gonna tell you one way you don't, it's assume everything. You don't end up in your destiny because you just, I'm, I'm, yeah, I got it. 
got this, got that. And when Christians say, oh yeah, I know, I know. I've had conversations with people over 40 years and I'm like talking about something that I found out last week, <laughs> 30, 40 years of salvation. They're like, oh yeah, I know. Yeah, got it. I'm like, how do you know? I found that, that after four decades. <laughs> oh, I know. Listen, you wanna lose, I know. And you wanna say, what do I need to do? How can I help? Where's God got me for 2022? What do I need to be doing in 2023? Pastor Spencer, everybody knows, just moved to Montreal. Big deal, big God deal, but big challenge for me and our church. And so we've got a big gap there in many ways. And our pastoral team, Pastor Luke and Maori and others are gonna step up incredibly so, (laughs) and already are, already are. But we've still got gaps, right? It's amazing how many Christians will never say, Pastor Jared, where's a gap? Where can I help? They'll tell me their gap (laughs) rather than like, where's the gap? So when you're on a pastoral team for years, you know where the vacancies are. You know where the gaps are. But we need Christians who get that and go, how can I help? Pastor Spencer's gone to Montreal. That person's doing this now. That person's carrying that now. What can I do? Rather than assuming. And I tell the funny story, when we started church here, because I had, you know, come from London, different connects. We, we drew people here in Perth when we first started. And Dave and Cindy joined us uh, the first week. But people would come in from Perth. I wasn't from Perth. And they'd say, uh, I'm a lecturer from the Bible school. Blah, 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 blah. Give me their resume. Uh, I'm a prophetic ministry. I mean, people would give me their whole resume, right? And I'd say, look, all of that's really, really great. I'm really pleased about that. But I just need somebody to pour tea and coffee they would look at me like I was insane. Like, they're like, what do you mean? I'm a prophet. And I'm thinking, no, you're a loss. Anyway. <laughs> Currently, you may be a prophet down the track, but you will note the book of 1 Kings tells us that Jehoshaphat was like, who's got the word of the Lord here? Who has the word, who is the prophetic person, everybody, for all the prophets? And they said, oh no, it's got this guy over here who pours, stands there with a towel, pouring water on the hands of Elijah. And he does it day in, day out. And Jehoshaphat goes, if he can stand there and pour water and wait and wash this guy's hands, feet, whatever, and look after him, the word of the Lord's with him. According to the Scripture, the word of the Lord is with the servant who is consistent and follows through. So I, I had all these people tell me their big resume of ministry, but they could not pour a cup of tea, which is what we needed. People didn't want their prophecy at that stage. They wanted a cuppa. <laughs> Sometimes I think you end up in spiritual leadership because you're practical. <laughs> By the way, the Bible says, first the natural, then the spiritual. That's the Scripture most Christians really dislike because we want to just go into spiritual land. <laughs> mm. What your spirit orders, your soul pays for. I got somebody I know, just went to an area in Australia, prophesied over this church, revival's gonna break out, blah, 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 blah. And everybody's like, ooh, ah, about the person saying that. So I messaged the person who said it. And I said, I hope you just prophesied revival. I hope you're gonna be there and help put the chairs out and pack them up again. They didn't respond because what they want to do, I want to bring a big word, but I don't want to do anything. Welcome to church this morning. 
If you are new, we're glad to have you here. <laughs> Everybody, I'm bringing you into a reality of the kingdom. Jesus doesn't want me giving a big thing and then just walk off and I'm not. No, He wants me, if you are saying it, you example it. If you're saying it, Jared, you do it. <laughs> Ruth 1, verse 1 to 5. This is an amazing story in God's Word. Amazing girl. Gee, there's some great women in the Bible. And in Ruth chapter 1, and this book of Ruth, it's fantastic because it really speaks to us about being positioned into destiny and how God can take your broken life, your broken past, and He can do something incredible with it if we'll work with Him. I'd entitle this message, Field of Dreams, because God's field is a field of dreams. Ruth chapter 1. It says, in the days when the judges ruled in Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah left his home and went to live in the country of Moab. He took his wife and his two sons with him. So he's left the promised land. He's now, due to the famine, gone to Moab. His wife's there, his son's there. His name was Elimelech, his wife's Naomi. They've got sons, Mylon and Kilion. And the Bible says, when they reached Moab, they settled there. Then Elimelech died and Naomi was left with her two sons. The two sons married Moabite women. One married a woman named Oprah. She became a TV star. And the other, a woman named Ruth. But about 10 years later, both Marlon and Kilion died. This left Naomi alone without her two sons or her husband. Down to verse 8, says, But on the way, Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, who have now lost their husbands, Go back to your mother's homes. May the Lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and to me. And may the Lord God bless you with the security of another marriage. Then she kissed them goodbye and they all broke down and wept. Everybody, when you read the Word of God or hear the Word of God, can I just remind you again, the Bible contains history. Thank God. It's a fantastic history book. But the purpose of the Word of God is not to be a history book. The purpose of the Bible as I read it today to you is for you to glean from it what God is saying to you right now. August 21st, 2022, God is wanting to speak to you from His Word. This book is here to speak to you today in your life so that you get onto the track that God has for you. So that the life that you're in with its difficulty and challenges and disappointments becomes a field of dreams. So right here, the Bible tells us that Ruth, she's lost her husband. Her sister-in-law lost her husband. They've lost their father-in-law. And now their mother-in-law is saying to them, listen, thanks so much, appreciate you. She kisses them and says, go home girls. There's no hope here, hope you find somebody. But you've moved here to Moab. And by the way, Moab was a place where they worshipped other gods. They didn't worship the God of the Bible. So they're in a land and, uh, and Ruth was from that land. She was a Moabitess. She worshipped foreign gods, uh, small g, uh, false gods. And now um, Naomi's saying, go home. Everybody, at this point where Ruth has lost her husband, her mother-in-law is saying go, everything has gone wrong. She could have fully reacted. And here's what she could do. She, here's one thing. She could pull out the independent deal. Say, right, I'm gonna do that. I'm out of here. It's been good. See you later. That's what a lot of people do when life doesn't work their way. They pull out the independent card. Gonna do my thing. Gonna do it how I feel because I've been burnt. I've been this. And we pull out the independent card. Do you know what wisdom is? 
to become interdependent. Interdependent is where you understand that independence is not God's way. It's not God's kingdom, not God's heart. Even, even in the, the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Co-eternal, co-equal, co-existent. Community in the Godhead. And Jesus submits to the Father. Everybody, we need to see that, that God works in interdependence. Ruth could have pulled up the bitter reaction. Later in the passage, Naomi says to Ruth, don't call me uh, Naomi anymore. She says, call me Mara. And Mara means bitter. She says, call me Mara because God has dealt bitterly with me. And, my, and basically she's bitter and resentful. And she's like, so don't call me that name anymore. It's now getting hold of her spirit and her heart. By the way, everybody, I learned this in Bible college first week. Never develop a wounded spirit. Never allow yourself to develop a wounded spirit. Give your bitterness, give it, because the Bible says in Hebrews, listen to this, a root. Some plants have such small roots, you can hardly see them. In Hebrews, it says a root of bitterness, a tiny root, defiles many. What is the Bible saying? The Bible is saying, if you keep that root of bitterness, even though it's really small, you defile and poison your own calling, but you defile and poison your children and grandchildren's calling. Yet the root is that small. So right now, Naomi's declared, I'm better. Ruth is there with her. She's hurt. She's disappointed. And by the way, some of us, can I encourage you, some of us right now, you're still hurt, still disappointed, still holding a grudge. And here's the weird bit. You can't even remember the details of what happened. <laughs> some of us out here, we're like, yeah, I'm just like mad. I don't, I don't know what, I can't remember what happened, but it was really bad. <laughs> and they did, they did, yeah, you, they did something and I know. And you got a grudge and you're disappointed and you're bitter. Listen, everybody, do not let that fester around because it's only gonna hurt your children and grandchildren and your friends and ultimately you. So we're gonna say, Lord, help me to give that bitter root to you. So Ruth is at a crossroads. Anybody ever been at a crossroads? Three of us, that's awesome. Anybody ever been at a crossroads? Come on, people. Who's been at a crossroads? Some of us have been at a crossroads, we didn't even know it. Some of us at a crossroads now, we don't even know it. This is good preaching, I'm telling you right now. I am getting the CD. We didn't sell CDs, do we? Anyway, move along, move along, Jared. Podcast. You know, there are moments coming to your life. There are moments coming to your life. And I'm amazed how many people never see the moment, can't glean it. Like, can't see this is a moment. This is a, somebody right now, this is a, cross, actually several people right now, this is a crossroad moment. Crossroad moment. You can't see it, but your grandkids are needing you right now to make a good choice at the crossroad. And what will you do? Something like a crossroad, what? I just thought I was going home to eat Maccas and watch telly. What, what's happening here? Everybody, we've got to get up and think and see life differently. Because yeah. I'm having, I have crossroads every couple of years. Which way am I going to go? The Jared route, the God route. <laughs> the, non, <laughs> the non-sacrificial route for me. <laughs> or the God route that's costly and helps you and helps others. The greatest thing you can do, everybody, if you want to have freedom and fulfilment, 
is to put God first and then serve people unto the Lord. In Jesus' Name. So Ruth is at a crossroads. Here's the crossroads. She's got two voices, two different voices, which you have. Everybody right now, you've got two different voices on the inside. We've all got two different voices. One is going, yes, go with God, agree with God. The other one's like, no, no, <laughs> too much, too hard, too this. You know, I've got good at saying, shut up. Shut up. Stop talking. Some of us have never started that. We've been Christians for years. Some of us need to tell ourselves, stop talking. It's a bit schizophrenic, but it works, right? <laughs> shut up. You don't know everything. Your perspective is small. Your perspective is out. We form perspectives on stuff that many times we have no clue really what's going on. It's a subjective perspective when we need an objective kingdom perspective, which only can come from God and His Word. So we have two voices. Can I encourage you to stop listening to yourself? Stop listening to yourself and start speaking to yourself. Stop listening, but start speaking to yourself. Hey, worship the Lord. All right, I will. <laughs> hey, start applying God's Word. Stop listening to it like a piece of literature. It's full of power. Now activate it. All right, yeah, good idea. <laughs> start speaking to yourself. No, we are not. Hang on, I am not doing that. <laughs> I, we, whatever. That other voice, shush. We're going we're gonna to serve the Lord. Yeah. It's costly. Yes, deal with it. <laughs> How do I deal with it? Give it to God. God will grace it. He'll oil it and then it will work. So she's got two voices going on. Do I throw my mother-in-law? Do I throw Granny to the pile? <laughs> do I throw Naomi to the pile? Yeah, I'm out of here. I got to get a guy going here. See you, um, Mara, whatever your name is. You're over there. Do I do that? Or has she got the capacity in her, the goods to pull up, the character to pull up that is going to help her stay faithful in the midst of an incredible famine and in the midst of incredible difficulty, but maybe just maybe as she puts God first and honours her mother-in-law that God must just use her and bless her in what currently looks like a field of not much that that field in her life suddenly becomes a field of dreams. In Jesus' Name. Soon I are in a field of dreams, having three sons who serve the Lord. Field of dreams. And three sons who know God. What a dream. We were not from Christian homes. We were just broken, damaged teenagers who came to church and when, when we started finally having a baby after so many issues having children, and we were like, well, Lord, <laughs> Yeah, if we have children, and then we had Sean, uh, could he be a Christian one, please? We want to have Christians, and we want to kind of have dinner at a table, because I never had dinner at a table. We want to have that, and we're in a field of dreams today. But we had to be in God's field and saying, Lord, help us to serve, when all we can see is a lot of desert and quite a bit of famine still. I love Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela determined to build character and imagination that would thwart his jailer's attempts to dehumanise him. He did not allow his jailers to define him and ended up coming out of jail and becoming the leader of a nation. What will 
God do through you? When you stop allowing things to define you, even your level of what you do unto God in His Kingdom. Oh Lord, I do this and I do that. I love, who was it, Divinio? <laughs> Divinio on Friday night said, uh, God doesn't kind of read our schedule that we give Him. He actually downloads a schedule. <laughs> Let's learn from that. You know, seekers of God, seekers of God, not God, I'm telling you what I want, not God, here it is, not God, you've got till next Monday. <laughs> Seekers of God will see meaning and at times even create meaning out of the most devastating situations or out of situations that would ruin others. They see meaning. I can see where this can go. They see possibility. I can see what could happen here. They can see, wow, the impact of my life, the impact of my service, the impact of my heart, that could happen. So Ruth is torn. She didn't really owe Naomi anything beyond respect. But in verse 14, the Bible says, they wept together again. Oprah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye and went off and started a TV station of her own. But Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. Now look at this. Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I'll go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wow, she's just saying, hey, I'm a Moabite worshiping foreign false gods, but actually I now choose to embrace your God. And then she says, wherever you die, I'll die. There I'll be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi, Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. Wow, oh my gosh. Ruth is, Ruth, the spirit of this woman, she hasn't even been a believer. Now she's just confessing, I'm gonna follow your God. I'm gonna follow the God you serve. But she's like, I'm going where you're going. I'm gonna do what you're gonna do. I'm gonna be like, what to God? We had some Christians like that, wow. Who said to the living God, God, what you want, I'll do that. God, where you want me to go, I'm there. Lord, what you want me to do, I'll be. My goodness, imagine. Imagine if we had that spirit. And that's a big spirit, but imagine having half of that saying, you know what? I'm committed to that. I'm committed to this. And I'm committed to the, the difficulty maybe of taking along a bitter mother-in-law who may just bounce my future husband, but I'm taking you with me and I'm gonna serve you as I go. Bible goes on and tells us down in chapter two, she goes out into the field, she gets behind the harvesters. She's picking up grain to feed her mother-in-law, feed herself and try and survive. And, uh, and in actual fact, one translation says, she's out there um, picking up the leftovers. And a man sees her and his name is Boaz. And the Bible tells us that he sees this young woman faithfully picking up leftovers behind the harvesters, that he comes over and basically says to her, hey, listen, I've spoken to my men and I've told them that they are not to do anything to you. And I've directed them to give you water and I've directed you to be safe. And so basically as she is choosing in a field of what's got something happening there, there's some harvest there. But for her, she's in the midst of such difficulty. In that place, He gives her direction and then He gives her protection. Says, these guys are not gonna hurt you. They're gonna give you water as well. So she gets direction, protection, and then provision. And the Bible tells us that His name is Boaz, which means he's a kinsman of Naomi, but He's, he's a distant relative, but when you look into what the word means in the Hebrew, it actually means, Boaz means 
He who has the right to redeem. And it's a foreshadow of Jesus Christ coming who would be the Redeemer of mankind. He would redeem mankind. And so Boaz is a foreshadow and he sees her and he's like, what, what is it with this girl? She's, she's not even saying, hey, can I come up to the front row and be a harvester? She's still picking up the leftovers. And I discovered long ago, everybody, big people, big hearted people can be little. Little hearted people can never be little because I have to be seen by the crowd. I have to be able to see, look what I'm doing for God. Look what I'm doing for the Kingdom. Look what I'm doing here. But no, she's big hearted and she's still picking up the leftovers. And Boaz is like, what is it with this woman? She's like faithfully doing this. No push, no expectation, no entitlement. And he's like, wow, gets the attention. And the end of the story is, which I got to just, due to time, he ends up falling in love with her. He marries her. And, uh, and then the dream of dreams comes true. She falls pregnant, has a baby. And her mother-in-law who's been bitter, lost her husband, lost her sons. Ruth basically takes her baby and then goes and lays her baby in the arms of her mother-in-law. And she basically says to her mother-in-law, this is your child now, your son. This is your son and you're gonna be loving and raising him with me. And so Naomi's life gets turned around her life gets turned around and the baby's name is Obed. He became the father of Jesse, who was the grandfather of David, Israel's greatest king. And King David, obviously also, was in the line of descendants to Jesus Christ. You see, Ruth had to play her part. See, Ruth had to play her part. You see, Ruth had to play her part. You see, Ruth had to play her part for Obed, for David, for Jesus. See, listen, you have to play your part. 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 You have to play your part so that maybe your grandchild, your great-grandchild, your friend's great-grandchild, who you are a spiritual grandparent to, so they end up in their destiny because you example something sterling. You lived, hello, with that sense of, I'm not just living for myself, but for others. And then from you playing your part, what was barren, what was a famine, what was disappointment, what was failure, what was loss, became a field of dreams. Became a field of dreams. Come on, became a field of dreams. Come on, became a field of dreams. <laughs> Everybody, God's got a field of dreams for you. You can't see it yet. I couldn't see what God was going to do 40 years ago. I'm still like, oh my gosh, how do we get here? How did this happen? Oh, what? I had to play my part. I had to lose my independence. Everybody, every, anyone who's an independent, like I can be independent like that. I can do my own thing like that. And I can, I can make things happen like that by myself. But that is weakness when I do it as a Christian not in a team spirit in the Kingdom, it's weakness. So if you think, oh, just me and God have got this thing and it's just me and God. No, God has got no thing. <laughs> so okay, I got to deal with God. Deal's off, because there never was a deal. But in the team, some of us, we don't realise we our Christian lives are like diffusers. You know those diffusers? Who's got a diffuser? Kind of diffuses out. Well, that's kind of nice to get the fragrance, but God wants a fire hose coming out of His church. We, need, we don't want to be a diffuser. The fragrance can diffuse. You smell good, you guys. But God wants a fire hose that goes, wow, out into the city of Perth, 
out into the Australia, out into the nations. And God goes, everybody takes their part in the team. Wow, what was barren is now become this beautiful field of restoration and healing. You are called to a field of dreams. Don't settle for less. You are called to a field of dreams. Come on, come on, you're called to it. Come on, you're called to a field of dreams. Come on, somebody give the Lord a clap. Come on, somebody praise God for the field that you're called to. Come on, let's praise Him. We're called to a field of dreams. Come on, a field of blessing, a field of favour. Come on, this is your day for favour. In Jesus' Name. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.